Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. This is the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally on your favorite podcast sites where you'll also find a library of all of our shows. And if you happen to live in Charleston, South Carolina, where our studios are located, we're heard Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on the iconic 1250 WTMA with the invaluable assistance of John Quincy. And here she is, a force of nature, Robin Berlinski. Hi, Ron. Robin, we have some business to attend to before we get to our special guest. So why don't you jump in and take we care of We do. So if you love this show, if you're listening on the radio, don't forget to follow my podcast, Energy Matters, in the classroom with Robin Berlinski, and share with teachers, parents, and nonprofit leaders. You can also follow me on social media, Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski or Facebook, The Learning Ring. We have more fun giveaways and offers coming each week. And as always, you can send questions or contact me at Robin at the com. Well, one of the joys I have is introducing always the special guest that you bring in. You would never hear me say, our next guest is kind of mediocre, but we'll get through <laughs> this. It's another great guest. Susan Brandon is our guest today. She is a soon-to-be-retired teacher with a long history. A little background on her. Kenan Dwegua. See, I messed it up. I practice. Kenan Dwegua, New York, which as I now find out is Western New York, but graduated from Clemson December of 1985. You've been married for 32 years, three kids. A daughter is 26. Twins were 24. That's got to be a story. I'll let Robin talk about the fun facts, but Susan, welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here with one of my best buddies from childhood. We've probably known each other for for over 45 years. Seriously. Seriously, Ron, you have to know this. So here we are. Hold on. Charleston, South Carolina. We've had guests that you've known for a week and now you've won for 45 years. I know. Listen, so Canandaigua, New York. Susan and I went to high school together um, and then my parents moved to South Carolina in 1985. So Susan's down here at Clemson and we connected and there's a lot of stories here, but um, I credit <laughs> we many we will on not share <laughs> on this show. There's drinking involved. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. But I was um, leaving Berkeley County school system and Susan and I went out for a drink. And as always happens when you share something with a friend, she said, oh, you need to come to my school. It's amazing. And I credit her for all my teaching experience wow. at Ashley River Creative Arts. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, a big deal. and there we were teaching there side we- by side. Two Canandaigua girls right next door to each other. What are the chances? Yep, she was teaching fourth grade. I was teaching fifth. And before we go in, because I want to like back up and talk about you, but we were teaching side by side, and our school was so amazing. We had visitors coming all the time, and one day we had these visitors. I think they were from Ohio, and they they would go down the hall like in each classroom one by one, you know, make their way. And I'm at the end of the hall last classroom they're going to visit they go to susan's before me and all of a sudden she comes running in my room like her hair was on fire she's like oh my god oh my god the visitors there's one guy who's a teacher in ohio and he grew up in canandaigua and he lived down the street from her yes talk about small world so we had a lot of funny moments like that teachers behind the scenes stories but susan um Something in education right now that's happening everywhere. Teachers are exhausted. Teachers are leaving the profession for many reasons. 
And here you are at the the end of this amazing career. You made it. You did it. You're one of the few that gets the 30 some years in. So that's right. We want to talk today about a lot of things, but especially our listeners are new teachers. Many of them are just coming into the profession. And I want to talk about your ideas for them, like um, advice you have. And, you know, we're really going to explore your journey and then offer some flashback into how we can inspire others. All right. That sounds great. So the name of the show is called Energy Matters in the Classroom. So I want us to take a trip back to Canandaigua before we jump into <laughs> where what's happening now. And let's just talk about our favorite teachers. Who oh. like who's your favorite teacher? Does do, it have to do be you want from me to Canandaigua? No, 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 no. It does not. So this is a interesting because I know you always ask this question on the show. So I was thinking about it. My favorite teacher was actually a college professor at Clemson named Ken Wagner, who taught biology, and he was the teacher that I wanted to become. Um, you know, most kids can't, you know, they college kids want to cut class, you know, what can I get away with? You never wanted to miss his class. He taught in a lecture hall, but he was funny, interesting, so smart. He used... Um, all kinds of different models and technology to teach and show us things. Very um, engaging. And um, I, he, he just made me want to be that kind of teacher. Were you a site? Like, did you like science? Was biology um, your thing? No, it was thing? a required course. So it was his energy. It, it was w- his it wasn't energy. Even, yeah. Unbelievable. I love that. What year were you? sophomore so that's t- you know that's when you really want to skip a lot of classes <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> well, maybe the well of- i mean you know college yeah. kids uh, oh i don't want to go to class i'm gonna cut class yeah. and it's like i'm not missing his class it's too great I maybe the that. talent of being able to take science and make it interesting and engaging that's a talent of itself isn't it it is yeah it really i didn't is. love science so, i'm not gonna lie so that was my favorite yeah. teacher i love still that is. now i'm thinking so I've talked before on this show, my favorite teacher was Mr. Pleiter, sixth grade, kind of the same stuff. You know, my brother w- was in third grade and he would come to my classroom and we would walk home from school together. And Mr. Pleiter always took my brother and like put him up on the shelf, you know, like made him, of course you can't do that today, like six feet up in the air is my third grade brother dangling his legs. But he made it funny, like fun. And then, and then of course his activities, I've told you about my, my fingerprint project in fifth grade or sixth grade. So it's all those things you remember because of the teacher's energy yes. and, and what they were like. You know, and I did have a lot of great teachers that I still remember to this day from Canandaigua, <laughs> but Ken takes the cake. Yeah. He's the one. Are these teachers that you had the reason you got into education yourself? Um, to be honest, and I've heard this on your show, it was a calling for me. It was something that I always wanted to do, even though I was a little girl and all of my adult friends and family, you don't want to be a teacher. You won't make any money. So off I went to college, um, not in education, but I'm going to be a history major. Eh. I'm going to be a journal ma- journalist. Eh. Um, and so, you know, sophomore year, come on, girls, time to, you got to tell us what your major is. And I couldn't do it. So I took some time off and um, worked and I thought, what am I doing? I want to teach. So um, I was very cognizant of always wanting to be a teacher and always carefully watching my teachers and 
things that I wanted to remember and wanted to do, you know, like, you know, a, a great lecturer or a great note taker taught me how, you know, a taught me how to take great notes and um, just all kinds of things like that. Um, humor in the classroom and high energy. And just, I was very cognizant of that and ended up following what I- Didn't you teach middle school for a while? I did. My first job was middle like school. English? It was English. To did you make it fun? Graders. Um, I made it fun as I could, as you can with middle schoolers. Middle school English, um, yeah. But, you know, I did enjoy it. It was a great experience and I met a lot of good people and it definitely is part of who I am today. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I have a similar story. I was a senior and don't go into teaching. You'll never make any money. Computers is where it's at. Mm-hmm. So I went for um, computer science and, of course, flunked out my first year you know i, I just, remember i was miserable yeah. miserable and so i think it, that was from show number one by the way <laughs> i was on academic probation you know <laughs> but it is when you're following something that's not your passion and you're struggling just to be there and funny story accounting was what killed me which is what i do now in part of what you know at engaging creative minds i have to keep the keep the books up keep the budgets balanced <laughs> but um it all works out so then you came to Charleston, and did you immediately go to Ashley River? I did. I did. So you're lucky. Um, through a friend of a friend, I heard about this school, and I was like, wow, this is, you know, I love the arts. Um, this sounds amazing. And you, for fourth grade? Was it was it? a fourth grade position that was open and met the principal, who was Rosemary Myers at the time, who was a amazing. super amazing woman. And um, I just like begged her. Please, can I work here? <laughs> That's how you got a job in the in the late eighties. And she was probably like, "Okay, we don't have this happen often." She's unique, but um, I was so happy to have the job, and I loved it instantly and always have. And I've been there for many, many years, off and on, and it's just it's just a great place. So when I started at, at Ashley River, we had a chalkboard. And I remember when it switched to a whiteboard and then I remember like it's gone to a smart board and then a Promethean board. Like right. the, the changes that I saw in just, you know, I, you know, teach at the college. So I, I go out in the schools, but to be in a classroom in a school where you were there in the late eighties, right? Late eighties, early nineties. Yes, ma'am. And now here we are in 2023, oh. you must have a lot of stories of change. So <laughs> Yes. Tell us about some of the things you've seen, the good, the bad, the ugly. Okay. Well, yeah, lots of changes when you're around for 30 years plus years in the business. And um, technology is one of them. And um, there are so many amazing new technologies to use in the classroom. Um, And technology has also helped us learn how the brain works and how we can use that in the classroom to help our students. So that's been a huge uh, plus for teaching. And the one of the biggest advice that I have for teachers, whether they're just starting out or early in their career, is to keep up with those changes. Make sure you know what are they and, and learn everything you can and keep up with it. You know, I have worked with people who said, oh, well, you know, when it was email first came out. No, I don't do email or I don't do internet. You know, you your attitude needs to be, yes, I want to learn. I want to change. I want to evolve. And that advice is for parents too. You know, know what your kids are doing. You know, oh, my kid's on TikTok. What's that? <laughs> Get on TikTok. Know about it. Um, 
we've got AI chatbot coming down the pike and parents need to know all they can about it. Teachers Do you know need- what that is, Ron? You know, sort of. Alex but I, just told me about that. I mean, it's it's scary what I've heard. I'd love your definition of what that is. So, you know, I've been reading a lot about it. It's artificial intelligence. Um, and people are supposed to be able to use it to teach them things, um, ask questions. I am not an expert on this, so I feel a little bit out of place, but it's it's out there. And there are some pitfalls. It's almost like Google. Like you want to understand something. So you Google like how to change the oil in your car. And and you'll find sites that you can find how to change the oil in your car. This is like, it'll write a report for you about changing the oil in your car. It'll write the report. But part of this isn't that like if it communicates with you, you think you're speaking to somebody, a real person. Yes, you do. And that can be part of the pitfall, yeah. you know, and it takes on a persona that it's real. You know, to me, social media is already polarizing enough where these kids get buried in their phones and that's their world. And now they have somebody to talk to who may not even be real. Right. Sounds like it's going to make the problem worse. There's a lot of um, information out right now about it. And I just read an article about, you know, to parents on how to talk to your kids about this and do not bury your head in the sand was the, you know, that's the thing. So that's my recommendation is keep up with all, you know, teachers keep up with all that's new. And what are your kids reading and what are they watching? And um, so many parents and teachers are not aware and you really just need to talk to students and your children and, and then dig deep, you know? So does this artificial intelligence have a place in the classroom or this is oh, something you're doing it's outside? It's just coming. But do you think just, it's going in that direction? Oh, yeah, it's it's going. Google wow. and and all the big players are have a lot invested in this. And um, again, I'm not an expert, but there's a lot available to read on it. Well, the challenge is you guys were teaching at the middle school level, which is they're pretty impressionable at that age. So you have an opportunity to maybe warn them. I mean, this is, I'm sure, part of your, how it's different in the last 32 years. This is not the same classroom you walked into 32 oh my years gosh, ago. No. Right, no. But it, like you said, it's a tool and these kids are going to graduate into a digital world. We do need to prepare them, but how do we work with it and not against it? And that's what, like to be aware of it and know what it is, is the best strategy because then you know how to approach it in the classroom. So that's yeah. really smart. Yeah. You need to have an AI chatbot expert come on your show one That's time. That's a good and, idea. And, and is are there any? Who who are they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are at the college. Maybe yeah. Not sure. Yeah. But you know, and even some simple things like um, you know what what are, what is your kid reading? What movies? And if I hear kids that are pop, you know books that are popular or movies, I go ahead and read and watch. And um, so many parents aren't aware. And uh, there's a great website that can help parents too called commonsenseeducation.org and commonsensemedia.org. And parents can get on there and and look at media and websites and apps and all kinds of things that are um, that the website will teach parents about and what's... what's um, That's good to know. I'll, I'll drop those in the podcast notes. If you're listening on the radio, follow our podcast and you'll find those notes in there. That's really helpful. Yeah. Um, and, and, and going along with another positive, you know, there's so many great um, apps and resources in technology. 
And, you know, if I can just plug one is Khan Academy. So if parents don't know of it or students, uh, it is a wonderful teaching tool with incredible videos. And the founder, um, uh-oh, Saul. Yep. Um, you know, he wanted a free education, world-class education for everyone is his sort of his um, founding ideas. And um, I know that my fifth graders have used it. I know middle school, I know high school. I know my daughter, when she was in college, she used it. So um, make it your friend, people. Yeah, and I love that. I heard him on Guy Raz, his podcast, How I Built This. It's an incredible story. Yeah. I'm glad to know that that you're using that in school. Yes, yes, um, for sure. So- I want to go back to something you talked about, the forever learning. I love that because in my class at the college, I really start at the beginning of the semester telling my students every time that when they feel like they've known everything, it's time to leave. Like be a forever mm-hmm. learner because education, you're the you're the middleman between the world and your kids and you've got to stay up on everything. And my question to you is like, do you as a teacher attend conferences? Do schools release you for conferences or do you get this all on your own? Um, it's a combination. The school and the district, I'm fortunate that they will provide training. Um, that I will, comes to you, comes to it your It comes school. to you or you can seek out conferences. Um, you, I did some on my own, um, but there is a lot that's available to teachers, at least in my district. Um, for opportunities to learn. Good. I know I've, I I did run into you at the Palmetto State Arts Education Conference pre-pandemic. I do remember that. And then there's a um, conference we have sent teachers and artists to called Get Your Teach On. Have you heard of that? Yes. That is like full, talk about energy, Ron. This, this conference is like, they are like a brand. They have their um, teachers who are going post on social media leading up to it. Like, the teachers, the ones paying to be there are promoting the conference. It sounds like I've never been there, but I would like to go. Yeah, I've heard rave reviews yeah. also. Um, so, sorry, Ron, what were you going to say? Well, no, I want to get back to our original question uh, and personal, I'd like to know. You're retiring after 32 years in the classroom. Uh, um, actually, I already retired. Well, you did. June 6th. And this is going to... Wait, cut- of 2023, right? Last, 2022. 2022. Yes, last year. 2022. And um, this kind of ties in with my other big advice um, for teachers, and I'll come around to it. But um, one of my coworkers had a terrible accident over the summer and is, was unable to return to work. And I went ahead and stepped in for her <laughs> for my two-month retirement, <laughs> and I was teaching fifth grade to, for her. Um, because I love her and I had that opportunity and, um, which leads right into, to new teachers. One of my biggest pieces of a piece of advice is, um, you know, there's been lots of studies on leading a happier, healthier life and building relationships is one of the the number one thing. Yeah, Yeah. It has come up on your show. And, um, when you're, you know, you're at work more all day and you need to build relationship. These are the people that are going to help you. These are the people that are going to pick you up. These are the people that are going to build your confidence. 
these are the people, this is your family. And I encourage you to reach out. You take the initiative, you know, take an interest. Oh, you know, do you have children? Where'd you go to school? Oh, where do you live? Oh, how, and then, you know, get to know people and care and you will be all the happier for it. And I am so glad you told that story because this, I, on the show, I love to identify superpowers because everybody has them. And I thought about you before the show because I've known you such a long time. And one, you've many. One of your superpowers is exactly what you described and it's loyalty. And loyalty means a lot of things, but like you and I have known each other forever. You've always been there for me. You like- you are so loyal and that is a classic example. I mean, my gosh, you have retired. You have earned the right to <laughs> play tennis and sleep in and and you're going back to fifth grade the first day of school because someone needs you and you probably didn't even blink. You probably said, I'll do it. I did. Without even thinking. I did. And then, so you were there probably thinking it was going to be a month or two. Yes. And then it was the year. Three. Like, <laughs> three months. Four months. Time. Yeah. Four. I just, um, then she came back half days in, I want to say January. And then um, just recently, last week, I want to say she's back full time. So now I am officially retired, retired until someone else needs me. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Well, there's a reason I asked that question and Robin provided me with some great data. But before I say that, she has a favor. She is embarrassed to ask you. She'd like you to host the show for the next six months if you don't mind stepping in. <laughs> I, I have to leave. Robin, I love you. Okay. I'm going on sabbatical. All right, so you are. Sure, you, I'll do it. You finally <laughs> retired at your second in 32 years in the classroom, and yet 44% of teachers leave within the first five years in the profession. Wow. Are you leaving for positive reasons, or you'd had enough, or if you don't mind us asking, you know, what is, uh, what's the reason for your soiree? Um, I, you know, positive and negative, you know, it's time. I'm, uh, there's things that I want to do. I've worked hard, and I want to enjoy those things before it's too late. And, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of incentive for me to stay as far as salary wise. Um, Once you reach, I believe 25 years, your salary is gonna stay stagnant. They're not gonna increase, but however, Charleston County is thinking about changing that. And I think they are gonna pass it. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not sure about that. But so there was no financial um, um, incentive to stay. Um, it was hard decision because I do like being around people and, and children. So I'm going to have some new uh, C's to cross here. And there's going to be a huge learning curve for me. Um, but I think um, staying in the know and learning all that I could constantly really helped me um, to easily make it through the 30 years. So why is it that so many teachers, such an early stage in their, uh, in their tenure? That's a great question. Ooh, that's you an know, hour show right yeah, there. Um, you know, I know, um, I think depending on where you work, salary can be um, detrimental. You know, you do a lot of work and, and there's a lot going on and people, some people just don't feel like they're being paid for the kind of expertise and work that they're doing and they want to seek some other higher paying job. And Susan, don't you think too that it's a lot of um, the emphasis when we were teaching was so much different than it is. We valued high scores, but this now feels like test scores are the end all be all. Like that's yeah, what you have to achieve. There, There is pressure um, for that. Absolutely. Um, 
if you're a great teacher, <laughs> you ignore that and you do you. And um, and they probably succeed. And your scores, the, yeah. you know, usually are on the right side. But yeah, it, it is a, um, a pressure there uh, for sure. And then um, what is the, I want to just ask for fifth grade. So you teach fifth grade, taught fifth grade. And we talked about skills and I, I want to ask it on the show because we talked before the show, but I want you to say it because it's really important. I asked you what the hardest thing to teach was. And I was thinking your answer was going to be like long division <laughs> or, you know, biology, but talk about what it really is. Um, you know, and that's changed over the years too. But I think the biggest thing right now, the most difficult thing to teach is problem solving and being a responsible student. Oh, so it's boy. really a lot of <laughs> soft skills. Um, yeah. And, and that's changed. Uh, that didn't used to be my focus. Um, the kids I taught 30 years ago are much different than the kids that I'm teaching now. And um, huge difference. Um, you know, it's and funny. It's, I, I ask my students almost every year this lately, and I'll say, I have chores to do at home. Oh, boy. And, you know, you see like three hands and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> and then I'll say, how many of you have to make your bed before? You know, zero hands. So, you know, um, it's just changed. It's just changed uh, what parents expect from their kids and um, blaming. I'm just saying that's the reality of it. And so that's one more thing that I'm really yeah. trying to teach in the classroom. And that's workforce that employers now are saying kids aren't coming with those soft skills, the creative problem solving, critical thinking, just interviewing skills right. and the the phone calls, the etiquette, just understanding how to respond in different ways in different situations. It seems like they are the same wherever they are. Like sometimes the first week of class, a student will text me I'm like, hey, Robin, now I'm your professor at the College of Charleston. Like <laughs> I get it. Maybe I act like I'm, you know, laid back, but get permission for that first, right. you know, before you just text me, hey, right. Robin, like we're, we're buddies. Yeah. Social media phones have really changed that kind of behavior, I think. Oh, I've had people work for me, and I, did you uh, contact? Oh, I sent them a text. Like, my job is done. Did you call them? Did you make sure they got the text? Are they going to be here? There's no association with this. Yeah. The art of conversation doesn't exist any longer. Right. That's what I've found. Yes. Uh, you you guys keep mentioning fifth grade, and a very limited time we have left. That was my favorite year. My Aww. favorite teacher of all time. It's not my show, but I can tell you, Mrs. Maggot, M-A-G-E-D, at the Airmont School, I still remember her like it was. I love it. She was phenomenal. And one of the things she did that helped me so much is we had the word of the week. And every mm. week she would bring in, and it was a hard word, like meticulous and paraphernalia, I think was above fifth grade at the time. And we spent the whole week writing things, using that word, communicating with it. And I still remember that to this day. So she made it fun. Oh, my God, did she ever. I love that. We also wrote uh, Roald Dahl, who wrote Charlie oh. and the Chuck, and he wrote us back. I love he, it. I mean, nice. I remember reading the letter from him. That's actually one of my first memories of you, Susan. You guys were reading James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, I would walk by her classroom. Well, Susan, I hate to tell you, as always uh, with a great guest, the, the conversation flies by. Uh, a quick goodbye to your friend, and we're going to have Bye, to move Susan. on. Bye, Susan. Bye, Hello, Canandaigua. There you go. Hey, Canandaigua. Susan, it was great having you in the <laughs> Thank studio. Thank you Hope so we'll much. come back and do it again. You've been listening to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love your feedback at thelearningring.com, where you can also reach out to Robin with questions and comments and even chances to win prizes. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you.